you know, this like boxes we put ourselves in more than like looking at the problem, right? Because ultimately we're selling human to human. It's not about B2B or B2C. So if a tactic works in one place or a strategy works in one place, it's going to work on the other side as well. Hey there, and welcome to a brand new episode of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host, Kirby Hosman. Joining me today, a brand new rock star. So excited to dig in. He's the chief strategist and dojo master. Absolutely love that. Of Liger, an expert in guiding businesses to find their identities, core values, craft their vision, and establish their brands. Eric Holtzclaw, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. So uh, I try to do a little bit of research on each of my guests, and I've seen that you have talked about the difference between demand generation and lead generation. Can you talk about the difference there? Yeah. So we are primarily a B2B marketing firm. And Mm -hmm. so B2B firms typically Mm -hmm. fall more on the category of demand generation, which is, you know, building content, getting people to kind of come to you, understand where you are, those types of things. Yeah. And then I think about Legion, more performance management. So people who pay for display ads, B2C Mm -hmm. relies very heavily on that. Um, There's this argument about like, well, is one better than the other? And, you know, if you do lead gen only, you end up not building the right demand gen stuff that you need to kind of have long-term success with marketing. They're not, there's not one that's good or bad. You need to do a little of both. Hmm. And so we find our B2B people, you know, they lean too heavily into demand gen, don't do as much with lead. B2C clients tend to rely too heavily on that, you know, display ad budget and those types of things to drive their traffic. Yeah, that makes sense. And, uh, you know, I I talk all the time about, I think sometimes we can all lean too heavily on one tool in the toolbox, as opposed to trying to, to, to be a little bit more spread out so that we're reaching all, all those categories. That makes sense. So also thinking that a tool isn't appropriate to you based on the type of business you work for, right? So Mm. like, that's the thing that we see is like B2B companies are like, oh no, that's something that a B2C, a business to consumer company would do. And it's like, Mm. no, it would work for you too. And on the business to consumer side, it's like, well, that would work for you too. So (laughs) You know, there's like boxes we put ourselves in more than like looking at the problem, right? Because ultimately we're selling human to human. It's not about B2B or B2C. So if a tactic works in one place or a strategy works in one place, it's going to work on the other side as well. Mm, That makes a ton of sense. So you mentioned content. So everybody's creating content nowadays. I mean, we're we're in the process of creating some content right now, right? Um, Yeah. So, but how do you create content that converts? So creating content that converts, we we look at how do you look at your company as a magazine, not a catalog? So if I were going mm-hmm. to create a magazine around your company, what would be the stories I would tell? How would I educate you? How would I get you to pick my magazine up off the shelf compared to all the other magazines that are there? Mm-hmm. Lots of companies build catalogs. Like they tell you all the products they sell and the services and who cares? Like I probably figured that out, right? Like in the first few minutes, I've probably figured that out. How can you educate me and insert within that all the right types of keywords and things that need to be there in order for the the robots, the uh, Googles and the chat GPTs of the world to also point customers and you know prospects to my in my direction. So you're serving both, but by serving the person who's going to actually read the content, thinking about it from a magazine perspective, you're going to have content that converts in a much more meaningful way. You know, you don't want to just write for SEO. You've all ended up on those pages. Yeah. 
this thing is just full of chock full of keywords. It doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. Or the companies who love to talk about themselves, they use the word we, 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 like all over their site. <laughs> talk about you, educate me, teach me. Don't worry about giving away your trade secrets. If, yeah. if it's that easy to repeat it, you don't have a business anyway. So like, yeah. how, how can you tell me something that then makes me interested to potentially work with your business? And if you make it complicated enough, I am going to hire you. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Tell me everything. Show me yeah. how hard it is. And yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I shouldn't try to do that myself. I'm bringing an expert. Yeah. I love that guy. I've not, you know, I've heard of, I've heard of people say, think like a media company, but I've never seen, I've never heard anybody say, think like a magazine, not like a catalog. I, that is, that's a really interesting mind shift um, that I think is super, super good. I love that. Um, so what are some marketing mistakes you see organizations make? Well, they will lean too heavily into tactics over strategy or mm. they spend all their time just talking about strategy, right? So, <laughs> and you talked about the company's called Liger and it's intentional. We brought two companies together to form Liger. So a Liger is a lion and a tiger. So two very powerful animals. And so looking at strategy, so like what is the business need? Where is it headed? Thinking about the business first and then creating the tactics that are going to support it on the back end from an execution perspective. So we'll work with a company, kind of determine where they are, where they need to go. And instead of then just being like, well, here it is, good luck. We can then also put the execution of those tactics behind the scenes, but we don't come to it with like one answer. So like if you hire mm. an agency that is good at SEO, guess what they think your problem is going to be? <laughs> Yeah, right. If they if it's social media, they think it's social media. So you want to be aware, you know, and and not following all the same trends. Like there's so many that clients, oh, make, but it's typically strategy first and execution, and then it's consistency. Yes. If you're going to put a strategy in place and you're going to execute against it, it is not going to work the first time you do it. Mm. Just like if I went to the gym once. <laughs> I'm not going to have the body I wanted and I'm not going to be healthier, right? Like it's going to take time and it's going to be incremental. So giving up on something way too soon. Most of the companies we work with don't see real tangible, understandable results for six months. Yeah. Six months. They're in for six months. Now, don't just continue to do something because it's not working, but at the same time, you got to give it enough time. So yeah. marketing is not like your financial department where you run a PL. It's not flipping a switch off and on. It's it's about a long game. You've got to create something, you've got to have a purposeful message out there, and you've got to be able to lean into it over time. Yeah. I absolutely it, it, it's so funny, Eric. I think we're kindred spirits because I talk all the time about marketing being marketing and content being uh consistent with fitness. Yes. Like because it's just like most people go to some some conference or they listen to a podcast and then they're like, that's it. I'm doing it. And then they go crazy in a way that there's no way they could keep up with it. They start P90X one, two, and three for marketing and do it for a week. And then they're so sore they can't lift their arms. They don't see six pack abs and they quit. Yeah. It's like I, I see that all the time. And I, I think that's super, super good advice because it, it, there are so many correlations between fitness and and just sticking with it, you know? Well, I mean, any really successful endeavor and it's not, you know, it, it's sort of, you can't see a lot of what's happening with yeah. marketing. You don't, you know, there's 
in the B2B world, it's about 21 times that someone has to see your brand yeah. to really recognize who you are and what you do. And so that takes some time. You can't do it like, you know, in the golf channel, they'll play the same ad over and over again to the point yeah. that you're hearing it. Yeah. That's not how you do it. Like you got to come up with some consistent messaging. When are they ready to buy? They may not even be in, in a buying cycle right now. So just staying in front of them is, is part of the, part of the battle. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, cool. Final question for you. Uh, one of the things that struck me is that you've had a chance to chat with over a thousand entrepreneurs or more probably by now. Yeah. What are some of some of the main lessons you've learned from those conversations? So I am a serial entrepreneur. I think it's because somebody I, I was introduced, I, I get presentations to Vistage and one of the Vistage chairs introduced me as unemployable. <laughs> He's like, He's just unemployable. I'm like, yeah, that's probably true. Uh, and so talking with, you know, those entrepreneurs that are really willing to take a risk. What's interesting is I think that's why I'm good at marketing because mm-hmm. being a marketer is kind of like being an entrepreneur. Like you're mm-hmm. willing to go off and try something new, look at something different, know that things are always changing. Yeah, It really, it's about, it's so much about consistency. It's so much about like showing up for your people, showing up for, you know, the customers that you're working with, doing the things that you say that you're going to following through and understanding that like most of the businesses that I've built, it takes about 18 to 24 months to really know if they're going to work. Yeah. They're fit the way, you know, you have to pivot them, mm-hmm. you know, and that word pivot, like I kind of, I was an entrepreneur before entrepreneurship was cool. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. And, um, it's funny to watch people talk about pivot, which is like, they just started a whole new company. Like they didn't pivot. Like pivot <laughs> means like I made an adjustment to something. Yeah. I get it to work in the other way versus my idea was a terrible idea and I'm doing something completely new. So thinking about it in that, you know, long game is going to take about 18 months. And then it, you start to flywheel that you start to see sort of the payoff on the end and people give, a, they give up on the entrepreneurial path too quickly mm. to they just don't have the patience. They haven't given yeah. them enough of a, run, a runway. So it is a lifestyle. You know, there's no way to separate, you know, this like separation of life and yeah, work totally with you. Happen, those kind of things. So yeah, a lot yeah. of that. Yeah, it is. And I think the other piece of that, Eric, is that we see the end story so many times, you yes. know, <clears throat> they started in a garage and then it's Apple. Like we didn't talk about the the entire journey where they fired Steve Jobs in the middle of it. Like yeah. it's not overnight. It's not, there's no such thing uh, as an overnight success, not long-term. And uh, and so I think sometimes we set people up for failure because we act as if it's going to be easy. I love what you're saying, dude, it's going to be 18 to 24 months before you even know it's going to work. Yeah. And I think if we say that, that's not a, that's not a martyr statement. It is, it, it helps you be successful because you know what's coming. Yeah. And that's why back in 2010, I started podcasting in 2010. Very Kudos. Early. Yeah. And I did it because I wanted to interview other entrepreneurs about like why they were either successful or not. Yeah. And it was out of this kind of curiosity and also this kind of media tension around entrepreneurs of yeah. them being these rock stars. And I'm like, no, it's not. They're just so few. And many of them that are sometimes frauds, right? Like yeah. they're real deals. So like, how yeah. do we look at it from a more healthy uh, perspective? Because it isn't for everyone. Like yeah. it just literally right. is not for everyone. Some some people just need jobs, which is not a problem. It's not yeah. a bad thing. It's yeah, much, it's, much healthier. So, yeah. 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 I, I heard, gosh, it was early in my entrepreneurial journey. And I heard that being an entrepreneur, and it kind of fits with your brand, right? Uh, is that it's like a person riding a lion. 
And everybody around is going, oh my God, look at that guy riding the lion. And the guy riding the lion's like, how did I get up here? And how do I get down without getting killed? Yeah. <laughs> right? like, I'm like, I'm on this thing now and I don't know what to do. Yeah. Yes. So, well, cool, Eric. How can how can people find find you, learn more about you? Um, I'm all over all the socials. So yeah. you, uh, not on TikTok. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm cool enough to be on TikTok. But I'm on uh, LinkedIn, Twitter. You can go to the the company is LigerPartners.com, LigerPartners.com. You know, love chatting mostly professionally. LinkedIn is a great way to connect yeah. and you know learn new things about people and see what they do. So yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Eric, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. We'll have to do it again sometime. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity. No problem. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time. Delivering.